welcome to AM in the Afternoon, a podcast on big ideas and little thoughts that matter. I'm Ange. And I'm Margie. And we're your hosts. Thanks for tuning in. In our podcast, we like to catch up to talk about big and small topics that, quite frankly, we think are important and delve into all the creative ways that people communicate and how it impacts our daily lives. This episode, we're going to be talking about crying. Yay! Is it okay to cry at work? How much is too much crying? Why do we cry? And how does crying differ for men and women? When you think about it, crying is a pretty strange phenomenon, and we've dug in and researched the why, the who, the when, the where, the how. (laughs) Before we jump into it, did you know that the eye can produce more than half a cup of tears in minutes? It's a lot. It's quite a lot of tears. I was, I was surprised by that. And also, I didn't know humans are the only species to cry. I thought elephants could cry. Hmm. I don't know. But I guess I've never seen an elephant cry, but then I've only seen an elephant in a zoo. So, Yeah. So when did you last cry, Maggie? What a fun way to start the episode. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as luck would have it, I actually had a very frustrating morning and I found myself getting teary this morning. So I would love to say it had been ages ago but it was this afternoon now and it was this morning well i think that's very appropriate for a day when we're going to be talking about crying exactly so i mean in general there's been a few stupid arguments in the past few months and i've had a few what am i doing with my life moments but today was mostly frustration totally understand that for me i i'm not much of a crier to be honest um I've had some sort of sad personal life events affecting sort of people around me recently that have made me cry. Mm. Um, And I also, uh, a couple of months back now, there was the Humboldt uh, huge accident in Canada where an entire busload of hockey players were killed in a terrible car accident. Um, And I happened to tune in to the TV and it was the vigil. And I just basically bawled my eyes out for like an hour watching that. Uh, honestly, if you hadn't cried in that, I think you know, we'd have some questions. That was awful. Yeah, that's that's a very good point. But I mean, what about ridiculous things? Do you ever cry over just stupid things? I mean, are you, you say you're not a crier, but surely everyone has something silly that they cry over. Oh, absolutely. I, <laughs> don't we all? <laughs> uh, so I recently, not that recently, a few months ago, um, cried on the bus because I was reading the news on my way to work and there was a New Zealand news story about a farm and it had two llamas. Okay. And one of the llamas was blind, so he relied on his brother to guide him around the paddock. Um, and they were best friends and that was it. And then someone came in in the night and stole the brother with the vision. Oh, so the blind llama was left alone and he couldn't navigate the paddock. And llamas are very social creatures and I just couldn't stop crying and then I read the article like it came up in my newsfeed a few days later and then I cried again I can't stop thinking about this llama I don't think they ever found his brother and it's just really sad oh what about you I definitely don't think I read that story but um I'm glad you've told me about it now I'm, I'll look it up if I need to cry but um I find that I am definitely a sucker for a manipulative movie like Movies that are just designed to make you cry. And sometimes they're really bad movies. But I fall for it, hook, line, and sinker. Oh, absolutely. I I don't cry in movies, but I get those types of movies. And I think there's books that fall into that category as well. Oh, yeah. Something about seeing it on the big screen and something happens. And 
I don't know. I I found that I actually almost don't want to watch movies that are going to make me cry because I know that I will cry. Even if I'm watching it thinking, this is ridiculous, I'm not going to cry. It'll happen. It's like a personal challenge. Yeah. So what are your tear triggers? What makes you cry, Maggie? Yeah, so when we were thinking and talking about this episode, it made me realise that maybe I am a crier. I always (laughs) thought I wasn't. But I do cry when I am frustrated or tired, as this morning proved. Less so when I'm sad. I think for me it's more like if something, if I feel like injustice or if I feel like just frustrated or like why am I doing this and what's, and then it spirals into like, what am I doing with my life? Um, So really I guess it's a tantrum, um, which is a bit embarrassing to admit. I guess, you know, again, that feeling of powerlessness or awful, also just after feeling really bad or awful about, say, having a fight with my husband or something. Um, And I guess sometimes... The other one would be for me when I've been really homesick or something bad has happened to home that I haven't been home for, as in home being Australia, I have definitely felt like I've cried. And the other one, like I said, would be ridiculous movies like The Notebook, which I went into watching thinking there is no way I'm crying in this. I'm not even enjoying it for the first half of the movie. Bald like a baby by the end. (laughs) What about you? What's your tear triggers if you're not a massive crier? Yeah, I'm not a massive crier. I'm... Awkward, I guess. <laughs> um, I've I've kind of I get nervous giggles when when po- possibly I should cry. Like for example, at funerals, mm. um, I've kind of got the giggles before, um, which is extremely awkward. Um, I always just break into fits of laughter when I go to give blood. That's um, a little it's like bit a odd. nervous reaction. Like I remember giving blood one time, and the nurse is like, "We've got a laugher." <laughs> Yeah, I I cry if I'm at a sports game and the national anthem comes on something about Aww. patriotism. I don't know what it is, but and it doesn't really matter whose national anthem. <laughs> it's like a bunch of people standing for a national anthem just really triggers me. That's really beautiful. Um, uh, I don't cry in movies or books typically. That being said, Bald Like a Baby in P.S. I Love You and My Sister's Keeper, I think they're about the only two movies I've ever cried in. And I like something in them triggered and I just bald yeah um but really anyone who knows me knows tiredness is my my big trigger um uh yeah like if i get tired i'll have like a total breakdown Uh, generally there's a lot of awkward moments where everyone's crying except me yeah yeah i could see that uh i could see that happening so the question is why do we cry and you know it's interesting when you look at what science can tell us about this because no one really knows for sure. There's theories, but it's not sort of like a definitive thing. So a lot of psychologists think that in addition to giving us an outlet for this kind of rapid buildup of powerful emotions, it's also a social signal to others that we're in distress. So, I mean, it makes sense. Tears are a physical signal that you're sad or in distress or that you need something. We also found out that humans uh, produce three types of tears, um, which actually makes sense. So you've got psychic or emotional tears, um, which are, you know, your happiness, your sadness, um, caused by those extreme emotions that Maggie was talking about. You've got basal or basal tears, uh, which are made to keep the cornea lubricated, basically blinking. Mm. And then you've got reflex or irritant tears, like when you're cutting onions or if you get a piece of sand in your eye um, and, you know, those tears come out when your eyes are irritated. And I think today we're really focusing on that first category, those emotional tears. So this kind of natural reaction. And interestingly enough, emotional tears contain a type of hormone, I think it is, 
I am not going to be able to pronounce this properly, leucine encephalin. I think you nailed it, actually. Great. It's a natural painkiller anyway, and your body releases it in response to stress, which is interesting. Very interesting. So you have to ask the question when you're doing a podcast on crying. Do women cry more than men? Mm. And, and why, if, if they do? Now, according to the German Society of Ophthalmology, um, which has collated different scientific studies on crying, they found that the average woman cries between 30 and 64 times a year. Um, so what's that? Three to six times a month, three to five times a month. And the average man cries between six and 17 times a year. It's a huge That's difference. A real big Significantly difference. less than women. And they found men tend to cry for between two and four minutes, whereas women cry for about six minutes. Um, and for women, crying turns into sobbing 60, in 65% of cases, compared to just 6% for men. Uh, so huge differences. So yes, women do cry substantially more than men. And they also found that until puberty, there were no differences between the sexes. Um, so that's pretty interesting. Fascinating. Yeah. So, I mean, there are a few reasons and sort of talking about puberty does actually bring up a biological difference. So one explanation is hormones. So men generate more testosterone, which inhibits crying, while women produce more prolactin, which is, you know, a hormone to do with breastfeeding as well. And it seems to actually promote crying. So there's this 1998 study in the journal Cornea found that premenopausal women with lower levels of prolactin and higher testosterone levels shed fewer tears than other women that might have high prolactin and low testosterone, which I think is pretty interesting. So there's kind of some evidence that hormones are involved in that. Absolutely. And I think, you know, uh, where I don't think I researched, <laughs> I, I read, anatomy also plays a role in this. I mean men have larger tear ducts than women, so more of their tears can well up in their eyes without actually spilling out onto their cheeks, which, you know, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, they can hide it. <laughs> uh, and so it's also around the world that these studies have found that women generally are the ones that are doing most of the crying. But it, one interesting sort of thing was that this one study in the Journal of Cross-Cultural Research found that poorer countries, so they mentioned Ghana, Nepal, and Nigeria. People actually cry less overall, and men only cry slightly less than women, which I guess makes sense because they're probably more concerned with, like... Surviving. Yeah, than, than worrying about a stressful morning. So <laughs> Totally makes sense. But women do react differently to tear-jerking situations, supposedly. And one thing that I found very validating to read was that it's not really just sadness that makes people cry. It's more this idea of helplessness, hopelessness, and a lack of adequate behavioral responses to a problem solution. And that's from Tilburg University, which I think is quite validating for my own life. I think that totally makes sense as well. I think, yeah, absolutely. So when women encounter these problem situations and react with overt anger, they're often punished for it, you know, in society. And in studies, angry men are thought to deserve more status or a higher salary and are considered better at their jobs than angry women. <laughs> so what about crying at work then? If we're, What do you think about it, Ange? This whole idea of crying at work, y yay or nay? When I got in my first real job out of university, I promised myself I would never cry uh, at work. I, um, I guess it's like um, vulnerability. Like mm. when you cry, you give away that power. 
Um, admittedly, I've cried in the car on the way home from work. <laughs> um, so I, I, I guess I'm very guarded at work um, and I try not to cry. I did have one instance um, where I got an email from my mum at work telling me my dog had died. Oh. Um, and I actually held it together. I didn't cry at work, but yeah, I, I sobbed for like seven hours after that. Oh my God, I don't, know how I, I don't know how I kept it in, but amazing. I did. <laughs> um, but that being said, I wouldn't judge a coworker for crying and I've been around coworkers crying. Um, it's, it's just not me. Um, and you know, I'm, I think I'm just very guarded. And you know, I'll say, I think crying at work's a heck of a lot better than having a tantrum. Yeah. I've seen grown men executives cr- like throwing chairs and tables flinging like whiteboard pens at people and just this awful intimidating behavior which is so much worse like if you just you know put out your emotions in a more constructive way like crying yeah yeah it's interesting isn't it because I was a bit like you I always thought no I won't cry at work and uh, for a long time I really wasn't a cry at work but I have had a few situations super stressful situations where I sat and when I had my own office just cried alone in my office just shut my door and just like let myself have that have that moment. There have been a couple of times in the last few years that I've cried in front of a coworker, usually a manager. Um, thankfully, only in like a one-on-one situation, and both times has been out of sheer frustration. And both times were super embarrassing, like for both everyone involved. But to their credit, both times my manager handled it really well. So, you know, I'd like to say that never cry at work, but I know that I personally have done that in a sort of one-on-one situation. Well, we spend so much of our time at work. Um, you know, like, it, it's inevitable that you should cry at work. Like, I don't know why it should be so taboo. Society has kind of labelled it as a sign of weakness or being unprofessional. And it's interesting, like, is that because historically work was for men? Or, like, why why is it that we think that that's a sign of weakness at work? Yeah, that's a really good point. And, like, why should you feel... if, if Crying's just a natural reaction to things like frustration, which everyone can feel at work. How much should you have to suppress that side of yourself? You know, it's like being human um, versus like making other people uncomfortable. I guess. Uh, yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head because, you know, say that you're a really extroverted person, you can't control that side of you. You do also have to be aware of how that affects your teammates. So, you know, this whole idea of can you be fired for crying? I mean, I would say no, but I also think that you should definitely be aware of how your behaviour impacts other people and makes other people feel, and that includes throwing tantrums or crying or, you know, you're in a workplace. Um, Sheryl Sandberg, interestingly enough, the COO of Facebook and um, mega sort of career woman, she admitted to crying at work and has written about how it should be less taboo in the workplace. But what I thought was interesting is she only said that after her husband died and I feel like surely anyone would understand if you cried after a spouse died at work so I'm not I'm not sure that's coming at it from the right direction yeah really interesting um and is there a gender gap here too with crying at work so another small study from an article I read in the Atlantic said that crying at work humanized men um, who are thought to be strong and unemotional. Um, but the study confirmed stereotypes about women that they're emotional and lack control. So yeah. it's that double standard. Totally. And I feel like, you know, we all see that, don't we? This confirmation bias of, mm-hmm. of what we maybe think people should be acting like. You know, man, oh, he's showing a sensitive side, but mm-hmm. women doing the same thing. She's irrational. She can't control her emotions. 
totally. So when is it not okay to cry? Well, can, can we talk about Justin Trudeau? Crying? Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so for those of you who aren't in Canada, Justin Trudeau is Canada's prime minister. And if you Google or YouTube Justin Trudeau crying, there are so many mashups. He cries at everything. It every seems speech. Like. It, it certainly <laughs> seems like every other night on the news, he's crying about something. And I mean, it's great that he's sensitive, but at some point you're like, is this a political move? Like, I think these might be like intended like acting tears a little bit some of the time. Yeah, it's hard to know, isn't it? Because a few of the situations he's cried at, I feel like any reasonable person would, you know, should show emotion for, um, I'm pretty sure, Humboldt thing. I'm, there's a million other things that, like you said. And I do think it's, you know, someone's obviously said to him, hey, you've got this sensitive new age guy thing going, play up to it. So I, I think some of it's definitely for show. But if we had a female prime minister and she cried as much as Trudeau, how would that be perceived? Oh, God. Well, I think that would definitely be seen as a sign of weakness. So mm-hmm. it's super interesting about that. So in terms of when is it not okay to cry, I'd say, yeah, politics is a sometimes for me. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. But what about in the workplace? Um, what do you think about that? Yay or nay? Yeah, I think... For other people. We've already sort of established you don't really like to do it. <laughs> uh, it's, it's inevitable. I think, yeah, um, you know, I, I wouldn't want to cry around a client. Mm. I think that's different. I think you've got to be careful. I, I feel like to every rule there's an exception here. Like there's yeah. no guidebook. I agree with that totally. I would say that I think, um, despite the fact that I admitted that I cried in a one-on-one with my manager, I actually think that in a review, in a professional setting like that, you should be trying to get constructive criticism and try to hold it together. And I also think that in meetings or something like with other people that impact someone else's work, again, like you said, there's always exceptions, but I would say that it's not really okay to cry if you're going to be really disrupting other people. Maybe take yourself outside of the meeting room or, or whatever if you can feel it coming on. Totally agree. You know what I'm always impressed is if you ever watch, uh, is it The Voice on TV or one of those oh, yeah, like yeah. game shows? And people will get some really scathing feedback from the judges. And, like, almost nobody cries. Like, it's like they've gone through special training. (sighs) And they'll get this, like, terrible feedback and they won't get through to the next round. And they're always, like, so professional. And, like, thank you for that feedback. And thank you for this opportunity. And you see so many people who can just shoulder that. And I'm like, wow, those those people are strong. Yeah, thick skin. I think you'd need it for that industry too, right? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, so... I think um, that one of the studies that you mentioned before, that University of California Davis study, showed that it's considered acceptable to express frustration, anger, disappointment and sadness at work in other ways. But interestingly, people that cried were excessively punished because it demands so much attention. So it's almost like a baby crying. It's like that's what the person said Mm -hmm. in the study, that we're kind of programmed to react to that. So that's worth keeping in mind, I think, if you are feeling that come on yourself in the workplace out of frustration. Yeah, that that totally makes sense. It's almost like an intrusion on your coworkers. So what are our tactics to avoid crying here? Um, We've got a bit of a list here, um, so hopefully you'll find these helpful. I'll I'll start it off. Front-loading. So this is when you warn a group that you might cry. So I don't know, maybe you might have a book club meeting and you've all read a sad book. So you might want to front-load your book club and be like, okay, before we start this conversation, just so you guys know, I might cry. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a good one, actually. And I will remember that in book club if I have a <laughs> sad book. I've got 
one that I use myself, I try to focus on my breathing. So if I have a particularly, again, because I know that frustrations or being tough, you know, will maybe make me feel a bit panicky, I will focus on my breath and think about that rather than what's upsetting me if I have to meet with someone. Yeah, that's a really good one. And this next one I do a lot when I'm tired and is take a break or a walk. Kind of like take time out and just, you know, take a step back. Remove yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, distance yourself between what's stressing you out. Yeah, and you know what? This is kind of related to that, but really distract yourself a little bit. So if you've gone for a walk, you know, maybe call a friend or, or talk about, think about something else because it really works, honestly. Just use what you can around you to distract yourself. Yeah. I mean, whether it's dog videos, what have you got to yeah, do? Exactly. <laughs> um, this one I read on the internet and I think it's kind of funny. Use props. <laughs> so basically it's like deny the fact that you're crying. So like, oh, there's something in my eye. No, I'm not. I'm not sad. You're sad. Like, oh, God. You, like that seems like something that would happen in a comedy movie. And I don't really know how you could pull this off. Yeah. In real life. You can try. It'd be funny to see someone try. Another one that I read was behavior modification. And it kind of makes sense. So if you notice a behavior pattern, say say that you always get really stressed out before meeting you know, your boss or something. Um, this is, But you know that, say, classical music calms you a little bit. Basically, this study was saying, well, why don't you try popping on some headphones for 15 minutes bef- before you have to go have this tough meeting to calm yourself down? And I think that kind of ties back to that distract yourself, mm-hmm. remove yourself from situation idea too. Yeah. Yep. I've got another one here. Um, make a neutral face. Might kind of sound silly, um, but it can calm the person you're talking to and make it less likely that they'll put on an expression that triggers your tears. So kind of like neutralizing the overall situation. Um, scientists have found that neutral faces trigger less brain activity than facial expressions exhibiting specific emotions. Hmm. Interesting. And I guess the last one that I've got is kind of related to your um, using prop ones. But if you can sort of feel it already coming on, you know, I've actually done this these myself. Like, just try tilting your head up, you know, make sure that no tears fall. Or if you really think it's going to happen, try yawning, like, or coughing or something else, like physical that will stop you from crying. Interesting. Yeah. I've never tried that. I've tried that one myself. So what's what's on our list then for read, watch, listen? (laughs) So, yeah, if anyone's in the mood to just go away and have a good old tearjerker, Andrew and Maggie have got the list for you. Oh, we do. Um, So mine, like I mentioned earlier, P.S. I Love You, the movie. Um, I don't know what it is. It's some sort of an emotional trigger for me. Good luck not crying. I, like, literally sobbed throughout the movie like went through like a box of (laughs) tissues like it would be silent in the room and then I would just be like (gasps) like I was like completely irrationally like I don't know what it was but something in that really triggered me that's so funny because I had to stop watching that movie because I didn't like it (laughs) but I think I also knew that I was going to start crying I started crying like three minutes into it and then like cried for two hours oh my god (laughs) it was pathetic Um, my next uh, tearjerker uh, is a book and a movie. I didn't cry in either, but uh, it's called Indian Horse, um, and it's by a Canadian author called Richard Wagamese, or Wagamese, I'm not too sure how you pronounce that. Um, and I recently saw the movie in the cinema, um, and it's, it's a very heavy topic. It's about Canadian residential schools and sort of the personal story of a boy who gets, like, taken from his family and has these traumatic childhood events and has to sort of survive this awful residential school experience and and his life and his subsequent battle with addiction and all of his demons um and that there was 
I, I kind of got through the movie in the cinema with a couple of friends and was like, oh, it was sad, but, you know, I, I really enjoyed the movie and it was close to the book. I liked it. And then I turned to the three girls that I had gone to see the movie with and they were bawling. Oh, and no. then when the lights came on, everyone in the cinema but me was just not just like tears but like sobbing like snot yeah, running yeah, everywhere yeah. Uh, I think I might have to skip that one then because <laughs> it's as really good though as I've mentioned though I do get triggered by movies a bit and for me my huge one my PS I love you is The Notebook which I don't know what it is for me I think it's the old people the second they get to the part with the old like the young people whatever when they're young at the beginning of the movie, oh, I didn't care for it that much. The second that they're old and getting dementia and the um, husband is still like, that's my girl in there, I lost it. And I think that was like not even halfway through the movie and I was like bawling for the rest of it. So yeah, terrible books and movies that are just manipulative to make you cry. You know, for me, similar things happened in The Fault in Our Stars, My Sister's Keeper. And even Mandy Moore's A Walk to Remember. She has a book? No, no, it's a movie. Oh, it's a movie. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. Right. She probably has a book. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. yeah. Shocking. <laughs> um, didn't, didn't I haven't seen that one. Um, and I think I've mentioned this book in other podcasts. I'm a bit worried I'm giving it more weight than it might deserve. <laughs> um, and I, I read it when I was pretty young, so it had an impact on me in my early 20s. And I can't say that it would do the same now <clears throat> but anyway it's called if you have to cry go outside and other things your mother never told you and it's by kelly Catroni. um and yeah it's a it's a good it's a good one it really touches on that crying at work so yeah very relevant and sort of i guess focusing on crying at work again uh a podcast which is also a newsletter app called the skim they have a podcast and it's sort of young women that have a startup and they talk to other female entrepreneurs and i listened to this not that long ago it was an interview with Joanna Coles from Hearst Magazine. So she used to be the Cosmo editor-in-chief for many years, and now she's kind of their director of content for Hearst. And it was a fascinating um, interview because she basically straight up said in her sort of clipped British accent that she's never once cried at work. And, you know, the women interviewing her sort of were pretty shocked by that because she'd been in the industry a long time. It's a pretty hardcore industry to be in in terms of competitiveness and fierceness. And I just thought it was a really interesting discussion they had about crying at work. So um, definitely worth a listen. Fantastic. And the only other thing that I'd suggest is if you do feel like you're stressed out a lot and maybe you need to chill out a little bit, the Headspace app is really good for meditation. So I've never tried that one. Yeah. Give it a try. Give it a go. I think it gets paid after the first few times you use it, but even just to practice meditation, which I am terrible at. So Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. So I guess looking at our conclusions this week, I'd say let it out. You feel better after a good cry. Um, and I mean, it, it does depend on the context and the degree, sobbing versus, you know, just having a little cry. Um, but it's, a good cry is healthy, mm. so embrace it. And, you know, having a few tears after a big loss from a project you've been working your absolute butt off on, why not? What's wrong with that? Like, You're human. It's not a bad thing. You're human. So that's it from us. Um, hopefully there won't be too much crying this week, although there will be if you look up our read, watch, listen list. Yeah. Good luck with that. Over and out. Bye. <laughs>